And I think that's what, by him doing all of those things to himself and harming him, harming himself the way he did, I think that got the attention, enough attention for them to say, yes, he does need help. Rather than, if you look at my dad now, he'll sit there, he'll be laughing, he'll be joking, but deep, uh, on the outside, but deep down inside, it's eating him away. And it'll get to a point where he'll crumble and he'll go back to square one if nothing's done soon. But I think with the what you you were just saying then, why between 20, uh, 1999 and 2017 did it take so long? I think it's the location they moved to, the quality of the doctors that were down there. I think if he was up here, they would have put him on in, in the hospital again. But I don't think that he would have... <laughs> Welcome to Dads and Deadlifts podcast with me, your host, Rish. This podcast is to raise awareness around the social stigma of the word man up. Research has shown men are less likely to seek help for trauma, abuse, neglect, addictions, and mental illness because they will be perceived as weak. Research had directly or indirectly linked these problems to the social and cultural perceptions of the word man up. It's time to start a conversation and redefine this word man up. Each week, you will be hearing from men and women all around the world who survived emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence, and addictions, and how they came out on the other side with triumph to begin a new chapter. You will also hear from experts and coaches all around the globe on matters like brain health, psychology of men and women, holistic healing, fitness, and last but not least, what it takes to be a man, overcoming the social stigma and expectations, and tap into your individual unique authenticity and vulnerability. Thank you for joining me in this mission to serve men around the world and letting them know they are not alone in this. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Dads and Deadlifts. Today, our guest is Michael Bailey Brown. He's a host of an amazing podcast called Tangled Mind. I met Michael online about summer of 2020, right when I was starting my and getting ready to start my own podcast through a podcasting all-stars group hosted and created by an amazing podcaster himself, Mark Jeffrey, and who you'll be uh, hearing pretty soon because I have an episode coming up with him too. But today, me and Michael will kind of chat about his mission and how his and my mission are very similar and how it aligns with mental health. And the biggest thing about Michael's podcast, I feel like is, is the mission and how he's helping people, not just through his podcast, but through his own peer-to-peer support group that he and his mom created. So let's hear from Michael Bailey Brown from UK. Michael, thank you for joining me today for Dads and Deadlifts, man. It's definitely been a while. <laughs> yes. And I see that it's some amazing things happening on your end. So let's start off with um, giving my listeners like a little bit 
uh, background of you and who you are, your family, your beautiful kids. And then we're going to take it from there. What, what's your mission? Why you started this mission? Why this Tangled Mind podcast? So, yeah, as I said, obviously, Michael, I'm from the UK. Um, so basically, I'm 27 now. I started the podcast because of my dad. My, he's got BPD, borderline personality disorder. And he, he's since 1999, he's struggled. And the first time really that I noticed anything was what, when I was about seven. And he, he started to become seriously unwell with his mental health and attempting to take his own life and things like that on several occasions. But I, I set the podcast up to be able to support the family members and the, of the people that are struggling. So from my point of view, from like where I'm sat, for me and my mum and my sisters and the wider family, there's not enough help for those lot who's dealing with dad's depression in a different way to he is. Um, but yeah, so that's why I set it up. And then obviously with a peer-to-peer support group, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit more shortly, but that we set that up. The first one was last month. And we've got about 17 guests on it, just that come on each month, each month, just as a check in, a uh, bit of a catch up, see, talk about how each other's getting on and how we're coping, different coping mechanisms, things like that. Um, and then, yeah, it's just growing and growing and growing. Um, the podcast getting bigger, it's getting out there more. Um, the following's growing. It's, yeah, it's, it's going good. And then, obviously, I've got the kids. Um, I've got three kids. Um, I get married in March to my amazing fiance, um, which should still go ahead, with depending on COVID. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's it, it's all good. It's all good. As Michael said, um, based on my podcast and what I platform, uh, Michael is a dad of three amazing kids. And offline, right before we started, I saw his uh, youngest, Theo. One year old, Michael. Uh, you said Poppy is four. Poppy's four. And Poppy's Riley's four. Nine on Tuesday. Riley's nine on Tuesday. Oh, there's a birthday coming up. <laughs> yes, there is a birthday coming up. So, are you are you all prepared? Like, are you guys doing driveway, uh, drive through birthday, or what are you guys doing over there? Uh, it's because they my older two don't live with me. Um, I'll be having them just for the day, um, and do his presents and all that sort of stuff. But no, it's, it'll be good. Um, make the most of what you can with what's going on. Right, right. No, my mine is uh, mine is gonna turn three on twenty second, and uh, he's not gonna be with me either this year. But you know, his mom is uh, doing a drive through, uh, drive by birthday party, or what whatnot. Everyone is honking and all that. You know, all you see on social media, and um, he will be with during uh, with me during Christmas, and we'll try to do something. But let's let's get back to your thing. Um, before I get back to your thing, I do want to mention like, okay, tell me exactly where are you located? Because I hate generalization. I, I know I, I introduced it by UK. What's, what's, where, where, where in UK? So I'm in a place called Nottingham, uh, which is, it's probably about, what, two hour drive from London. Okay. So I'm literally, if you, if you've got the UK, I'm bang in the middle of it in the East Midlands. So. Is that that uh, one of the movies that um, Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts, Notting Hill or Nottingham? Or? 
No, that, so that's Notting Hill. That's Notting Hill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but no, not, not, not uh, Nottingham, uh, Robin Hood, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, really, that's the only way you can. Anybody knows what, what Nottingham is. It's just Robin Hood, Sherwood Forest, and all of that. Me and Michael were both talking about offline and in our All Stars group uh, that because of the topics of our podcast. These topics are heavy. I mean, there's no getting around it. There's no sugarcoating it. And uh, this is why we are doing it because no one's talking about it. And um, we're gonna we're gonna uh, get into that into details with Michael's experience and Michael's uh, findings. And same thing I talk about with my findings that we all need to start normalizing these things. There's not enough help. Uh, unfortunately, governments, agencies are not really putting enough effort in um, these fields and these segments so podcasts like us are very important especially like michael's and you will hear you will hear what's going on in other side of the world because we need to normalize we need to understand that just like any physical health there's improvements there are advancements that need to happen and that's the only way we can happen. It can happen is we need to talk about it more and more. So Michael, um, I know your story and I know you kind of briefly touched about it. So let's let's start with like, how's your dad right now? Not good. Okay. Um, he, he, he suicided again. Um, so it's, yeah, he's not good, um, but we're we're doing what we can to just support him. Um, I spoke to him the other day and said to him, "Promise me you won't do anything." And he said, "I can't, I can't promise you, because I, I just can't." Um, which was hard. But then at the same time, he says, "What I do want to say is I am fighting," and he says it may not look like I am, but I am fighting as hard as I can inside. Um, but yeah, he's not good. At, he's not good now. Um, he, he has been. He's come off his medication um, just purely because the medication was making him angry and like not aggressive, but he'd say things that he doesn't really mean that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no. The, at the minute, he's he's not in the best of mind frames sets whatever you want to call it so i want to i want to take this approach today with you um because i wrote some steps down because this is a very serious topic and um, you have experiences firsthand so far you have interviewed a lot of people on your podcast you have dealt bpd firsthand Let's start with one thing. Where is our world, or specifically, just if you just know about your side of the world, in terms of science and medical industry and medical, I, I call it industry because it, it's kind of like a snarky comment because I feel like they're really not doing anything for just as a charity anymore. It's an industry. And uh, so what are you saying? What are the doctors like? Is there anything going on f on this field, in this field, about this thing? 
over here in the UK, it, it's the way they obviously over here we've got the NHS and National Service. That's mm-hmm. amazing what they do, but the funding for mental health isn't there. So there's funding there, but there's not enough of it. If that makes sense. So with everything else that's going on, when when it comes down to my dad, for instance, having a bit of a relapse with his mental health, he'll go to his GP, his general practitioner, the doctors, and they'll basically say, try this, try this medication, it, it, this should do it. But the problem is, over here with the doctors, they're still doing the same things that they were doing back in 1999 when he first started struggling, which was getting a book, having a flick for a book and saying, yeah, I think you've got bipolar or I think you've got BPD or, or I think you've got this. Try these, try, try this medication and it should work. And he, although when it first started, my parents were living near me in Nottingham, the, they were a lot quicker at getting him into a, a hospital ward to be able to sort him out and give him the correct medication and the correct treatments or therapies or whatever it is that he needed. But the quality of it wasn't there. So they... they they just treated treated him like just any Tom Dick and Harry that hasn't got that they don't know what's going on with him. Uh, but then when he moved down to Cornwall, which is where Mark Jeffrey lives, he that it takes him a lot longer to get the help and going to like hospitals and things like that to be able to get the treatment. But the quality of the treatment down there, because there's only so many doctors down there and they've got specialists down there, it's better. It When they lived up here, so in 1999 when it first started, he started to feel ill. In 2000, 2001, that's when he attempted to take his own life for the first time. At that point, he went straight into hospital, but the treatment wasn't very good. It did. It took them till two thousand and seventeen, so eighteen years to diagnose him. And in my opinion, that's not good enough. Because in those eighteen years, my dad tried to. Well, what it's ninety nine nine. So in the last twenty one years now, my dad has attempted to take his own life. Ten. 15 times maybe something like that it's a lot and all they say if he goes into the doctors or goes into hospital they say yeah you're alright you don't need to be here and he's like well yes I am I'm fighting demons like he, he's he, 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 there's things that are going off in his head that are telling him he don't need to be here anymore he'll see my mum having a laugh and a joke with her friends and think well she don't need me anymore she's happy 
and wants to in that will take wants makes make him think oh, I'll just take my own life it's fine I'm not needed anymore and it's 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 wrong and it's hard to talk about but at the same time so it is what it is that we've just got to deal with it in our own way and support him in the best way we can as well as getting him the best treatment as he can so in 2017 when he got officially medically diagnosed with bpd as you said what do you think was the difference what what changed between 1999 and like what happened then the doctors then didn't realize it and now in 2017 i understand that advancement i understand the medical i understand the technology but it's science at the end of the day it's science how can doctors miss in 1999 versus 2017 i'm trying to understand that so that we can raise awareness to it like what did you what the doctor told you guys as a family well with regards to the diagnosis in late 20 yeah in late 2016 early 2017 my dad went through it was probably the worst time ever for the family and he just to warn everybody i'm gonna just talk about sort of things that he did if, if that's okay um so for him he he shaved his hair shaved his eyebrows he, he um used the iron um so he, he went through phases of doing so many different forms of self-harm using the stove gas stove all, all sorts um for to harm to harm himself um so am i all right to talk about this sort of thing yeah absolutely feel free this is a free just just go go with it brother so one of the thing well a couple of the things so with the stove he set the gas the hob on uh turned it on and put his face to it um he used the iron on his face, the, the iron you'd iron your clothes with. He used a Stanley knife on, on his neck, things like that. It, it, it got to the point where the doctors physically needed to put him on a sort of like a psychiatric ward to get the help. And I think that's what by him doing all of those things to himself and harming him, harming himself the way he did, I think that got the attention, enough attention for them to say, yes, he does need help. Rather than, if you look at my dad now, he'll sit there, he'll be laughing, he'll be joking, but deep, uh, on the outside, but deep down inside, it's eating him away. And it'll get to a point where he'll crumble and he'll go back to square one if nothing's done soon. But I think with the what you you were just saying then why between twenty uh, nineteen ninety nine and two thousand and seventeen did it take so long? 
I think it's the location they moved to, the quality of the doctors that were down there. I think if he was up here, they would have put him on in in the hospital again. But I don't think that he would have got the therapy or or, or anything like that were, that was needed. So I, I genuinely think that the doctors, the nurses, the, the um, psychiatrists, all that sort of stuff, they they were they are a lot better down in the southwest of this country. So it came down to the, uh, as you said, like from uh, from uh, Nottingham that you were Nottingham, yeah. Nottingham where you're living to move to Como in UK, right? And the specialists and the doctors, they're different and they're much advanced, right? A little bit better than, yeah. than, than uh, where you are right now. When they found out and I guess my question is more in in the term in terms of as a family and what you are doing right now over the over you know past few years and really kind of making it a mission now and your mom opening the opening the Facebook group uh, peer to peer that's how it all started and we'll get to that. Uh, are there case studies that they're looking at? Are there evidence that they're looking at that they can? really kind of educate places like, as you said, like at Nottingham, like they're not, uh, the specialists were not good enough. That, that there probably is, yes. But at the same time, when my dad, when my dad was officially diagnosed in 2017, all they did was gave my mum some leaflets and textbooks and said, read this, this will give you a better understanding of what it is. Because the, the, the problem is, unless it's a, a scientist or a psychiatrist or anything, anybody that is qualified in mental health, unless it's people that are doing the research themselves, the doctor, general doctors, so your general practitioners that you just go to see if you've got a cough or a cold or whatever, then those ones don't have a a clue they they don't know what to do that's why they just turn around and say okay try this medication try that and it's there probably is people out there and scientists out there that are doing more and more research into it but when it came down to our diagnosis for my mum and my dad obviously because they live together for them to it was it was a little bit of a sigh of relief because they had a, a, a diagnosis finally, and they could do re their own research into, right, so this is what dad's got. This is how we can stop it. This is, well, not stop it, but this is how we can control it. This is how, this is what we should, can say and can't say to him. This is what's going to trigger him, that sort of thing. So for, for my mum and dad, they had to do their own research. They had to do their own thing to be able to get it to a point where they went, you know what, we need to just carry on and just live with it. And obviously over the years, the like I say, there probably is case studies and things that are out there, but nothing that we've been told or been seen or anything. 
What did you see a big change in your dad once he was diagnosed? At least that I'm assuming that he was like, finally, someone heard me. Finally, someone is that, was that a relief for him? Did he talk yeah, to you and your mom? Yeah, I, I, I'd say so a little bit because after he got his diagnosis, it was more of a case of he turned around and he went from obviously wanting to take his own life and all of that sort of stuff to getting better slowly. And I think it was more in, in his head, he had an understanding of what was going on. Because obviously for the for 18 years, he, he in his head, he's wanting to take his own life or harm himself or whatever it was going off, off in his head. And he didn't know why. He didn't know what was going off. But I think once he had the diagnosis of BPD, that sort of made him, it, it was like he, it made him think, well, I know I've got BPD. Now, now he's got a bit of a better understanding that he's got something wrong with him. He has got a, a um, something that he's been diagnosed with. It's not just a case of he's, he's mental, if that makes sense. He, he, mm -hmm. He's not right in the head. Because it got to a point where he genuinely thought that he just wasn't right in the head. There was that It was just him. But obviously, once he had the diagnosis, um, more and more people that my mum got in contact with had come forward and said, my husband's got uh, BPD, I've got BPD, that sort of thing. My dad was like, oh, Tom, not a man. And I think it needs that, and that's why I do what I do. And that's why my mum do, does what she does, but you do what you do. Because it gets the, the awareness out there, and it gets people to realise that they're not on their own going through certain things in life, whether it's mental health or not mental health. It's, it, it's one of them. Everybody's got something they're going through, and I can guarantee there's always going to be probably a handful of people in the world that will have the same thing or be going through the same thing but you just don't know about it because you don't speak to them right you don't know who they are and i think like the biggest thing is also even as you said like one um lots of kudos to your dad though because uh, uh, the fact that you said that he he openly tells you even today that no michael i'm not good uh, that means he's aware of it. It's only recently that, that he's really been able to do that. Um, before, if I, if I, if, say about a year ago, if I said to my dad, how are you feeling? He'd just go, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm fine. But deep down, I know he's not. And the other day when I phoned him and I just said, how are you feeling? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. He didn't even let me finish. He just went, yeah, I'm fine. I'm all right. I said, no, you're not. I don't. What's going on? And he went, I'm struggling. And then it's got to a point now where I know what I need to be able to say to my dad to get him to continue talking about it, if, that, if you get me. Mm -hmm. so. so you and your mom and your family, and you have a sister, I remember, if I remember correctly, right? Two sisters. Two sisters. Uh, you guys have, I'm assuming the best way to say it, like you guys have now have an understanding how to navigate a communication with him. So that's that's a, probably the big part, a big role with living with someone. With it's BPD. still hard for him to talk. It's still hard for him to talk, obviously, but at the same time, it's over the, I'd probably say over this 
past year he's spoke out more about it to us as a family. So let's let's kind of switch gears and uh, let's kind of get into like your mom's group that this is she started this before even you started the podcast. Yeah, so um, she start my mom my mom started a page called Beyond the Yellow Brick Road on Facebook. And the page it was it it changed its name. So before it was just Family Mental Health Support UK. And at the minute we well it, she 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 set that up and that's what sort of inspired me to think, do you know what, it's my turn to try and do something for others. Um so it went from Beyond the Yellow uh, Family Mental Health Support UK to Beyond the Yellow Brook Road. And obviously we've got the private group and then we've got the the open group, um, the open forum. So in the private group, we've got 59 members at the minute. And then in the um, in the main like page, there's 700 odd people mm. that, that are following it. Uh, how many? 744 people that, that follow it. Um, and that may not sound a lot, but when you've got a, a lot, when you've got that many people on there that are listening to what's going off and reaching out, it, it, it does, yeah, it does help everybody. And then I'd probably say two months ago, um, myself and my fiance Olivia we both sort of joined forces with my mum to get, get it going at full pelt basically uh, and then yeah that's obviously with that group me and my mum about two months ago again we obviously because of Covid we've not been able to see each other for seven, eight months but on like Zoom we've had chats and then we was like, do you know what? There's nothing out there. No, there's no peer-to-peer -peer support groups. People talking about it from their own experiences to support each other. Let's set one up. So we set one up, and the first one was on the seventeenth uh, of November. I think it, yeah, seventeenth of November, and it went amazing. It 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 was after after we had a two-hour Zoom group meet uh, discussion. Me and my mum stayed on the call, and we both sat there and we went, well, wasn't expecting that to be as, as successful as it was. And we've got more and more people that are wanting to join it. So it's it's good, and it's growing. We've got the next one on Friday the 11th. So next, next not next Friday, Friday. But the Friday after. Um, and it's good. It, it, it really is. It is good. So talk about this peer-to-peer -peer support group. So what are you guys talking about? So in the peer-to-peer -peer support group, it's a place where anybody can come and join. So whether you are a professional in mental health, so a therapist or whatever, uh, whether you're somebody that suffers yourself, whether you're somebody like myself, who's another mental health podcaster or what just want to try and support people and get the word out there about mental health or whether you're a family member that suffers so we do it all on zoom we get the people on the group and when we're on there 
it's more of a it sounds bad saying it like this, but if you think of a, an AA meeting, so an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, right, right, it's that sort of thing, but online. So it's it's basically there's 15, 15 about fifteen, seventeen people, something like that, and they they will all be on there. It'll be I obviously thanks for coming back on. Um, Obviously, you know who I am. Obviously, I did a podcast, a bit of an update on what's going on with me, what's going on with Dad, and then obviously everybody else will be like, "So, Rish, what? How's things with you this this month? Um, any any updates, or is there anything that you you want help with? If there is, right, let me, I'll make a note of that. And we'll come back to that in a minute, and then we'll open the floor to it all, and we'll go around, figure out if find out if there's anything in particular anybody wants us to focus on. And if there is, we'll then go back to the group. So, for instance, we'll go to, I don't know, Joe Blogs, right? Joe, Rish has uh, already said that he, this is something he needs support with. What's your input? What 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 can you do? What advice have you got to support Rish? And, and so forth. It's sort of passing the baton from each other to be able to get advice from each other to cope with what they're going through and support them and if that makes sense so it's more like a mastermind accountability group like you know you're not alone and we uh, create the creating that community where i feel like your family as a whole at one point felt that you guys were just hanging on to each other dealing this all by yourself and that's how your mom started the page and now you are trying to take it and you know notch up basically kind of making sure people understand it's not just a peer-to-peer group it's not just a community you're also creating that accountability like hey i can fall back on this person maybe they have done something in the past that i can learn from so that's that's the overall goal right is that what i'm trying to if i am understanding right yeah, okay. no, you're you're correct in what you're saying. Okay. And do your dad knows that? Yeah, my dad was not on it, but he was listening into it last week, last month. So, my basically, obviously, I've got the this little like sort of studio set up here in in one of the in one of the bedrooms in in at my house, but. In my mum's, she's got her set up in one half of the the lounge area, living area, and my dad was on the the sofa, um, just sat listening in, and a couple of times he piped up and gave a bit of input from his point of view. He didn't feel comfortable being on the camera, but at the same time, it the fact that he he felt like he could talk from a distance. That, that for me and him was, and my mum, we, we was like, we're glad. And I, I genuinely think that now he's done it from a distance, I think on the next one, he will come forward and, and sit like this and just talk. It's a huge, it's a huge achievement. I think like, uh, and I think like it's a huge step. And even if it's not next next meeting, and eventually the the fact that you said, I personally believe I'm a huge believer in like you know, uh, we all go through the pain, and 
we all want to be better we all are good human being by nature mental health a lot of people understand like it, it's not under your control and it's a chemical in brain really that's what it comes down to and i'm not a doctor i'm not a scientist that's all coming from the research and scholarly articles that i read and you definitely lived it the fact that your dad came in and gave his input is such a huge step that he understands and he's like hey i want to i want to give back something because i know how i feel and that pain and purpose is just merging together so i know i heard your i heard your story of course offline with our uh, all stars group and of course i heard your podcast with mark and i remember your specific distinct story when you told your dad about your podcast and how he took it um so as i said like looks like your dad is very much in sync with what is going on and he he surrendered it like he he's fighting he's still fighting that but then there's a point i feel like knowing about him so much from you over the last 6 months on and off he understands that but then there's a certain point of him he just like there's a, that the pullback yeah so o- over the past year well i'd probably say 5 months something like that, four or five months um i would say i started the podcast in may of mm-hmm. year and my dad and my mum have listened to all of the episodes so at first i was i was if i'm honest i was a bit worried about how my what my dad would think because i didn't want my dad to think that we was or i was using his his story his journey with his mental health just talking about it because that's not what i'm doing yes there is a there is a story behind what i do but for me it's it's not really about the past it's about the future and what i can do for everybody else and for my dad when for me should i say my the way my dad took it and the fact my dad's listened to them all it means a lot to me because it's it it shows to me that my dad sort of supports my dad supports what i'm doing to try and help others off the back of what he's going through. Mhm. So is he is he working right now? So he he is, yeah. Um he's still working. Um works get into him at the minute. Um it's like affecting him there's a there's a lot of stuff going on at his job. Um he he just work he he just pushes through to get to the weekend. And and I remember he told me that um some of the things that he loves is taking the taking the dog for a walk. Right? That's his that's his uh breather. Did he ever tell you what yeah, so what does he think in his walk or what what's that what motivates him? 
I think it's just a bit his downtime where he can try and relax, um, and he can just sort of think about. Well, he, he doesn't really say what he thinks about, and sometimes I dread to think what he think what he's thinking about, if I'm honest, um, because obviously his suicidal tendencies. But when it comes back down to it, yeah, he's got he's he's got two dogs. My, they, they, my family's got two dogs. They've got a German Shepherd and a, a Beagle Cross Collie, um, and the, the, where they live, they literally live in the middle of the moors. So it's just field after field after field after field, and they're just in a little village in the middle of it. Um, so it's, it's it's probably the most in the countryside you could get, if I'm honest with you. Um, but yeah, he just goes for a walk across the moors and up the hill, um, like hills and like mini mountains and things like that. Um, and he just he'll just go out and then he'll come back and have a couple of beers. <laughs> as as a family, every time he goes for a walk, do you guys get worried? Because I remember the incident sometime this summer, correct? Where you posted on Facebook and I reached out to you and we kind of talked. And of course he came back after a couple of days, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe after a day. Uh, yeah, so in the, when was that? I think it was in June, July, right? Well, it was about July, August sort of. July, August, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he texted my mom um basically he, fin he, f he works the night shift so he, f he starts to work at three in the afternoon and he finishes at midnight and normally he's home for 20 past half past midnight and he hadn't come home and he texted my mum and said i'm not coming home i love you and i'm sorry and it was nine hours before they saw him again. Um, the next day, and then we managed to find him, luckily, before he could do anything. Um, but yes, in answer to your question, when it comes to him taking the dogs for a walk, I, 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 I always wonder whether he, it, he'd come back. And I think that's more so because I know there's a lot of places on the moors where he could do something. So, for instance, on one of the walks he does, there's an abandoned cottage, um, literally probably about four miles from anything. Um, there's no roads to it, it's just walking across fields to get to it. And, yeah, there's places like that. He said to me a couple of times that he's been there. Um, just to have a look at it, and it makes me wonder: is that something somewhere where he'd go to try and do something? 
and and it does worry me because obviously I'm, I'm what three hundred miles away from them. So it's it's hard. It is hard. And oh man, I mean uh, that's that's definitely like something like I remember talking to you in summer and I remember July August time frame as you said like that incident happened and I remember reaching out to you and we kind of talked a bit and then he came back and the overall incidents like so I, I want to understand I want listeners to understand how are you taking care of yourself because you are at a point now you are a father you're getting married uh, next year you have kids how are you taking care of yourself so that you can take care of your emotional well-being, your mental well-being, and the same thing goes with your mom. And of course, by the way, I'm sure I'm going to reach out to your mom. I'm already planning to, right? I told you that offline to have her on my uh, episode two a podcast. So, what is there a specific? Is there specific? Are there specific things that you are working on? Are there specific things that you are aware of now yourself? And I, over the past week, if I'm honest with you. I've noticed I'm struggling a lot more than I realised. Um, I've been a, a lot more emotional um, and just getting upset and worrying about my dad and, and all sorts of things like that. But I, I know that everything will be okay as it can be. Um, I just take time out make sure that I just sort of relax or try and relax because obviously I work a full-time job as well just doing this this is this is what I just just what I do um so this is the although the the, the amount of episodes I, I know I could have done more but at the same time I've got a family and I've got a, a career that I've got to continue to um but it's a case of having that balance for me balance with work life and podcast and the support group and obviously yeah sometimes when I'm talking to people on the podcast or in the peer-to-peer -peer support group it is hard listening to what some of them say because it just I can relate to it but at the same time it, I know it's important to be able to obviously get it out there it's like my episode that goes out on monday it, it's just me um and it's it's a seven minute episode because i couldn't do it i couldn't talk anymore because i was just i was in bits on monday you can have a listen to it but it's yeah it, it's hard but i'm i'm coping as well as i can mm -hmm. i've got olivia to support me as well so yeah, I mean, I think it's so much important, especially like podcasts like yours and podcasts like mine, as I said offline, like it's, it, these are such heavy topics, you know, and mental health and, you know, addictions, in my case, like in addictions, mental health and uh, all sorts of mix. And these are so many such he heavy topics, like, I, as I said, like, you know, I, in May and June, I was going balls to the walls, right? And then next thing you know, I, I was like, I, I was burnt out by July. I was like, what is happening here? And then I realized that all of this, I was absorbing it so much, so many interviews and people don't realize it, that you were on the other side and like kind of like soaking it all in. 
and uh, talking to my therapist, a lot of coaches and therapists, I found out that they, the 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 way they kind of cope with that is uh, the best thing I heard is like observe it, listen to it, but try not to absorb it. And uh, again, as an empath myself, it's hard to do that, but at least I'm learning, and that's what I was trying to get to. Like, where what are you doing? So. Yeah, man. I mean, like, take care of yourself because you're not just making, serving other people with peer-to-peer group and with your podcast, but you are also in the middle of it with your dad. And I, I, I'm always here, man. I mean, like, anytime you need to talk, just reach out. Um, and I'm gonna. I'm not going to drag this too much. It's about to be an hour mark. Um, I'm going to ask one thing, one more thing uh, to you uh, to end this interview. And of course, guys, I'm going to bring Michael uh, live. And again, we'll go on Instagram on that. Uh, by the time the episode airs, probably it'll be done. But next week, uh, what kind of advice do you have for family members like you, who, who's in your case, your dad with BPD or anyone with that sort of family members with mental health issues, what kind of advice do you have for them? Like, I don't even know what to say, except like, just, just as your mom said, like, you know, we got to deal with it. For me, if you're the family member of somebody that's suffering or you think they're suffering, have an understanding of their changes and how like their, their mannerisms and what, what they're doing. Cause there's so many, there, there are so, so, so many different things to look out for when it comes to mental health. So signs of mental health, whether they're, they're sort of, secluding themselves from everybody else, whether it's a case of they are um, genuinely just a lot more emotional, crying more, um, just things, things like that. But at the same time for me, you've got to be there to support them and let them know that you do have an understanding of what they're going through and you are there for them to talk to because if they don't feel like they can turn to anybody that's when they'll take things into their own hands and that's the last thing you want to do um yeah really it, that that's it have a, you, you need to be, have a bit more of an understanding of what what they're going through obviously nine times out of ten they probably won't have a diagnosis um, if, of in the in like the early days but at the same time you will be able to have an get an understanding just from researching signs of mental health, things like that. Go onto my Instagram page because on, on my Instagram page, they, I, I post a lot of stuff about that sort of thing. So, for instance, when when it comes down to it, there's knowing what sort of things, um, activities to do with your children to stop them from getting mental health um, issues. So. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see it all. It's all on there. Um, and you'll be able to see the different like, advices and quotes and things like that that I, that's helped me. So it should help you. 
Awesome. Michael, thank you so much. I don't want to take too much time. Um, and really, we'll talk a little bit more on a different episode because I want to break this up because uh, there's a lot of other things I want to discuss with you. But uh, for today's episode, we'll stop here. We'll bring back Michael on a topic about, as he said, like how to uh, make sure as a family member and because uh, he has three kids. Uh, yeah, three, right? Riley, Pop, Poppy, and uh, Theo. So he has three kids and we'll definitely get into from the dad's perspective, how he's handling and how he's raising them. Make sure, uh, as you heard, like his dad is uh, BPD and he's he's there and his mom is working towards, you know, creating this peer-to-peer -peer support group. Uh, so we will have another episode on that. But uh, Michael, thank you so much today for uh, stopping by and spending some time with me and uh, raising awareness to this topic. Guys, uh, I'll have Michael's Instagram page, the podcast, Tangle Mind Podcast, uh, his social media, his mom's um, uh, page, public group, and private group, peer-to-peer. -peer, peer, and then I'm going to definitely uh, post uh, when the next meeting is. As he said, it's a December 11th, Friday. And remember, uh, for my... Uh, listeners from all around the world it's a uk time so again i will talk michael talk to michael offline and um, i'm gonna raise awareness by uh putting it on my social media when these peer-to-peer uh, -peer support groups are happening because if anything at this time especially in this 2020 when everyone is at home we need this more than ever so i have a lot of lot of uh kudos to michael and his mom lisa uh, brown and again, as I said, like I will try, I'm planning to bring Lisa too on my episode sometime next year. And for doing this, for, for really kind of be there and not just live it out to the world to figure this thing out. Because as you, as you heard, from 1999, it took 2017 for the doctors to finally medically diagnose his dad as a BPD. So we all, as a community, as a human, as human beings, we need to raise more awareness to push our government, our state, our local, our uh, national government to raise awareness to increase more fundings for research, for advancement in technologies, for education for medical professionals to understand like why it should not take 21 years for doctors and scientists to diagnose someone with BPD or mental health. Because it's not uh, one rule fits, fits all thing. Everyone has a different sorts of mental health, just same way when you go for a physical therapy, everyone knows, okay, you are here for shoulder injury, so I have a specific exercise for you. You're here for knee injury. I have a specific therapy for you. So we need to raise more awareness of it. And, uh, and, and that's exactly what we are all trying to do. I mean, with my podcast, with Michael Tangle Mind podcast. But as a community, we need to do more. And all my listeners, uh, remember, if you are suffering, if anyone you know are suffering, please be mindful about that. And please understand that you have to be there for them. If you don't know how to help, listen to the podcast. Reach out to this peer-to-peer -peer group. These are all here. 
And it, these are these are all just there. All these resources are there. So no excuses of not taking the action before it's too late. So don't don't make don't be that guy that I wish I could have done it. It's there. So Michael, thank you again for what you're doing. Thanks to your mom, what what she's doing. And man, I mean, I, I saw, I, I, of course, I know you offline and I, I see your dad picture and I can wish him all the best every time that he is a guy. I feel like he knows that he's suffering. He's still giving back. He's helping others and uh, stay strong, brother. And well, thank you for having me again. Absolutely. I'm not going to take too much time. It's already 9 p.m. in uh, Nottingham. So, hey, thank you. I will definitely uh, put all your social media, your podcast link there. And guys, this is the end of it. Hopefully you guys learned something, uh, a very special topic to my heart. And I wanted to bring Michael. It's very heavy, but at the same time, it's needed. These are the topics we need to discuss. And these are the things that we need to normalize to understand, like, it's okay. You don't need to hide. You're not alone. So there are communities out there. So go and get the help. Having said that, I will see you on the other episode on Dads and Deadlifts. And always remember, reach out and you're not alone. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dads and Deadlifts. And I hope you are as excited as I am learning from our guest today on the specific topic. Please subscribe, share, and leave a comment and tag Dads and Deadlifts on Instagram and Facebook with your experience of today's episode. Because remember, your one share might save someone from feeling alone and provide them the tools they can incorporate in their daily lives. Let's each of us do our part in helping men around the world. You can personally message me on my Facebook page or Instagram page, Dads and Deadlifts, if you want your story to be shared on the podcast or if you just feel alone and want someone to reach out to. Always remember, you are not alone. All you got to do is reach out. And I am rooting for you. Until next week, your host Rish signing off. I will see you next week with another brand new episode. 